Are you a fan of internal consistency? No. Yeah. Timelines, especially ones given in chronological order. Absolutely. Even a little timey-wimey stuff that makes sense when you put it all together. Yeah, I can do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I, I can suspend... No, I can't. No... I, I mean, it wasn't terrible if you realize halfway through the movie, like I did, that you're not supposed to know any of the stuff that you know about the X-Men. I've tried so hard to piece together a Marvel or, or an X-Men chronology that makes some semblance of sense. Even- okay, so, but here's the thing. This was supposed to relaunch the X-Men movies. Now, I don't know why they decided to relaunch X-Men movies with the same actors as the last X-Men movie. Uh, It would have been easier to understand that they intended to have this be a new mythos if they had new new actors playing the characters. Yeah. Hence my confusion. And dude paid for it because this movie was so hated that... What was supposed to be a two-movie set was forcibly changed to a flop. Even if you account for the the time change when it, during Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. there are holes in the timeline that cannot be explained. They weren't, but they weren't trying. They weren't trying to. No, but no, they they didn't want to. Yeah. Because this has no connection to that, except for all of the exact same actors. It's I just read a whole <laughs> thing about it, um, and I'm guessing that's why everybody hated the movie. It's not the only reason. Oh, Well, it's not the big reason. I'm feeling like the big reason was one single line. Well, there's much more than that. I'm sure you'll tell me. And we will have fun diving in. But. It's time for the music, Jay. It is, Stacy. Marvel movie night. Marvel movie night. (laughs) This is. Sing it. Well, we did all of that in a discombobulated order, so you feel ready for the movie. Roll that music. Okay, this week for Marvel Movie Night, we watched Fox's Dark Phoenix. Now, I liked this movie when I watched it before. I didn't dislike this movie this time. There were just a couple things I was complaining about. However, here's the thing. Not having paid attention or remembering any of the details from the other movies was the reason that I liked this movie when I watched it the first time. Written and directed by Simon Kinberg. Yep. And released on the 7th of June, 2019. Yep. Starring. Oh, back up. Hold on. I put the list of people on the last page instead of the first page, so I'd have more room. Uh, James McAvoy. 
from Split. Michael Fastbender from Alien Covenant and 12 Years a Slave. Jennifer Lawrence from Hunger Games. Nicholas Holt from The Great. And The Menu. You know that. Both really good. Yeah. Uh, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. Ty Sheridan from Mud and Ready Player One. Alexandra Shipp from Barbie. Evan Peters from American Horror Story. Cody Smith McPhee from Let Me In and The Road. He was the child in The Road. Wow. Yeah. Jessica Chastain from It Chapter 2 and many other things. Uh, Jessica Chastain working on this movie is the reason why James McAvoy was also in It Chapter 2. Scott Shepard from The Last of Us. Alto Essendoa from Evil and Wolverine. But it's not the guy from Get Out. The guy from Get Out has a slightly plumper face. Okay. I was confused. And Halston Sage, who was in The Orville, Paper Towns, and Goosebump, almost starring Angelina Jolie. Take a wild guess who Angelina Jolie was supposed to play. The main bad guy? Mm-hmm. The okay. main bad girl? Sure. Vuk? Not that we hear her name at all. In the movie. Uh, she didn't get it because she wanted to play the titular character in Bride of Frankenstein, but that movie got canceled, thank fucking God. <laughs> uh, although if anybody could play an undead woman, it would be Angelina Jolie. No makeup. Um, so real quick, you're about to tell me how much movie... How much money this movie made. I read a rumor that said this movie lost $133 million. And it was so hated they pulled it from 1,100 movie theaters. So you tell me this time how much it cost to make this movie. $200 million to make the movie. And how much did they make at the o- theater? Opening weekend they pulled in 32 Oh! <gasps> Whoa, shit. Uh, it grossed domestically $66 million. Oh, my God. Internationally, 252 Now, that does not mean it made money. But it made its money back. No, that's ticket sales, not profit to the company. Oh, so, fair like, enough. The movie companies get, the, the theaters get some of that money. Well, presumably. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um uh, So is this the first fuck girl superheroes? It's the start start of it kind of. Uh it spent exactly zero weeks at number one. God damn. It it opened at number two. It really two. wasn't that bad of a movie though. No, but it was hated. Uh, uh this is the third time we're getting the Phoenix story. Well, it's not clear that it's the third time we're getting the Phoenix yeah. story. Uh, if I'm being completely brutal, I had no clue that any of the other times that Jean Grey got a surge of power, that that's what that was supposed to be. Fair enough. I, I mean, guess. honestly, they don't, especially in that one where she's at the lake, they don't say that's what it is. No, they don't focus unless on Unless you know about it. and It's not important to the story, so... 
the last time they unlocked her Phoenix powers, they did specifically say Phoenix powers, but they said that it was a part of her and not a yeah. cosmic entity. Whatever. Uh, 29 weeks in the theaters. It opened at number two. Um, Secret Life of Pets was number one that week. Are you fucking kidding? Uh, you also might have seen Aladdin, Godzilla, whatever the hell Godzilla movie came out in 2019. There was some. Oh, I think that was the one with um, Ferris Bueller in it. No. Uh, not Ferris Bueller. No. Rock, fucking no. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Yeah. The Elton John movie. That's that old? Apparently. This movie isn't that old? It's 2019. 2019. Yes. Holy shit. Uh, MIB International. MIB. Oh, that was a crap movie. Toy Story 4. That's what we were watching. No, didn't we watch... We watched Dark Phoenix in the movie theater, didn't we? No. No? No. Okay. Uh, Child's Play. Okay. And uh, the next Marvel movie we're going to watch, which is Far From Home, came out shortly after this. Okay. Yeah. I really didn't think it was that bad of a movie. They, where they failed was in explaining that they were rebooting. That was this, not clear. This definitely was not sold as a reboot. Well, but they thought it was. They thought it was. That was their plan. They were going to do two movies and reboot the whole shebang. They changed how old everybody was. Which is weird because because um, Professor X and Magneto are old, but they and, and I say I say Professor X and um, Magneto being from the forties or the thirties and and having survived the Holocaust and that era was extraordinarily important to especially Magneto's development. And it doesn't make sense as a reboot either, because they directly reference stuff that happened in earlier first-class movies. Did they? Yes. When? Xavier talks about this is where I met uh, Mystique. in the. I met Raven in this room right here, and then describes that scene. The... the the kind well, it of, helps that I don't remember him meeting her for the first time. The kind of romance between Mystique and Beast is is discussed. Uh, there's a there's a lot of references to movies that they're rebooting away from. So that well, make that doesn't sense. make any sense then because when he met her, it was the 70s, and he's the same age in the 70s as he is right now. No, the 70s is when the movie was set. They flash back to them as kids. But uh, apparently the movie wasn't set in the 70s. It was set in like the 50s. I don't, I don't okay, know. You understand that that is also can't possibly be true because um, it had to have been set in the 70s if he was an... an, an oh, wait a minute. That first one was set during the Bay of Pigs. So that would have been the 60s. early... Okay, there you go. Because that was during JFK. Yeah. Uh, his presidency. Okay, well, they, they done fucked up. Yes. Yeah, so this movie only works if you do not try to put it into any other continuity, which well, is... Well, which is what they... I mean, that's what they said they were doing. Kind of okay, 
because none of the other movies work if you try to put them in a strict continuity. None of them. Well, and you can't even use the whole uh, timey wimey thing to no. make it make to make any of the other movies make sense either, because we leave the time travel movie with everybody being this age. Yeah. Well, uh, and the re- part of the reason that they didn't have Wolverine in here is because Wolverine, uh, the guy that plays Wolverine, is so much older than the chick that plays. Um, Mystique, who they don't even call Mystique, they're just calling her Raven here. Yeah. Um, which also, again, makes no fucking sense. How many names does a bitch need? Um, and it wouldn't have made sense because he, I mean, it wouldn't have made sense. None of this would have made sense. No. And separate from everything else, this movie is a decent movie, though. Sure. And we will, we will, we will give this movie its fair look as a standalone movie. Uh, as we do the walkthrough and discuss it. But, also as a Dark Phoenix movie, it kind of doesn't work there either. Well, they do, I have the benefit of not knowing the story. They do something so. kind of right, better than the other two times they gave us the Phoenix. Kind of right. But also a whole lot of that's not what happened, even close to what happened. Mm. And what the fuck are you talking about? Did you read the comics before you wrote this movie? I'm thinking maybe not. I'm thinking definitely not. You know what's really sad is this movie was dedicated to Stanley. You know what? Stan would have told you this was a wonderful movie because he was a hype man. Well, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to try and keep it brief. Okay. In the 616, the X-Men get a mission to space. They're, they solve the problem. They, they save the people in space that need to get saved. They're in the Blackbird. They're returning, and they hit a cosmic storm, which tears up their ship. Fucking cosmic storms. Absolutely. Not a thing. Gene puts everybody in the safe room, even though they protest, and she holds the ship together while it crashes and burns up on reentry, and everybody is sad. And she's dead for a little while. And then they find her in a pod underneath the lake next to where they landed. How did she get into a pod? Yeah, don't worry about that part. Uh, of course not. Don't worry about that part. Um, and when she comes out of the pod, she's finding that she's a bit more powerful than she thought. <laughs> or she used to be. Okay. Uh, she had just started to getting into telepathy as well as telekinesis before she went into space. Mm-hmm. And this all goes to a million. She is so, she is so powerful. She takes at one point she takes Scott to uh, that that mountain that or that that pillar of rock in the desert that's flat top that that we devils yeah. whatever the heck. Oh, the devil's know, tower. There you go. She takes him up there, 
and with her telepathy stops his optic blast so that he can she can actually look into his eyes and they can make out and it's wonderful she's super strong for a while and they do lots of really good things and like she is in control but she is like op as shit overpowered as shit oh, well don't say op because that's not what op means so then this group of bad guys who you may have heard of called the hellfire club Yes, from yep. uh, from the Midnight Stories show. <laughs> no, from Gifted and from one of the uh, X-Men movies. Or from, um, isn't that what they called themselves in uh, Stranger Things? Yes. So the Hellfire so I guess Club. I've, I've heard of this uh, little club for children several they, times. They have a guy that can go into your head and make fantasies happen. He gets into Gene's head. And puts her in a world where she's not one of the X-Men. She's actually in love with him. And then things go funny. That's gross. Oh, yeah. Things go a little funny, and she does something that's slightly across the line. Okay. And this is the, the transition point from the Phoenix Saga to the Dark Phoenix Saga. Because once she gets a taste of doing whatever she wants, having been kind of fucked up in the head by mastermind she starts doing whatever she wants whenever she wants mm. this leads to the shire empire we won't dig into them too much a galactic civilization led by bird-like people uh xavier ends up dating the empress okay of that. I'm, I'm going off track they decide that the phoenix force is too much and she has to be stopped. So they show up. And a lot of the superheroes that they've got to stop her are very good mirrors of DC superheroes. So it's kind of a who's stronger. But in the process of fighting for her life, Jean actually eats a planet. Or the Phoenix actually eats a planet. Like she is completely gone at this point. They eventually have a showdown on the dark side of the moon where there's a bubble of breathable air, kind of where the uh, Inhumans end up living for a while. Yeah, it's where the Watcher lived. Don't think about it too much. Uh, oh, I'm not. They have a uh, like a five-on-five five brawl for Jean's life, and touching back to her Jean Grey personality, the Phoenix decides that she's too dangerous to be in this world and kills herself with one of the ancient weapons that are on the moon. An ancient weapon on the moon. Yes. Everybody's sad. Jean Grey is dead again. She was irredeemable anyway because, like, planetary genocide? Like, Galactus-level bad? Well, there's nobody to tell on her, so how um, they know? Well, that's, that's part of the reason why the Shire Empire came to kill her, is because she swallowed a planet. Mm. Um, but everybody's super sad, super sad, super sad. Jean Grey's irredeemable. They spend years and years trying to figure out how they're going to bring her back without, like, uh, her having, like, she's irredeemable. So she's going to have to be a bad guy, but we don't want a Jean Grey bad guy. What they end up doing is they end up uh, creating... Uh, bringing Jean Grey back in another pod that they find 
And this Jean Grey is the real Jean Grey. The Phoenix just took the shape of Jean Grey. So she's not responsible for any of the stuff that the Phoenix did. And that's how they bring her back. People were extremely upset. And men make fun of soap operas. You say that a lot. Yeah, there's a reason. Because, dude, my brain turned off like five minutes ago. It, it was a lot. The Phoenix, I, all of that to tell you that the Phoenix saga, the, the Phoenix slash Dark Phoenix saga. Is one too epic for a mere movie? Is a little bit too much for, for a simple movie. It's also very beloved by X-Men fans. It's Well, and this is the main problem with X-Men. They have taken what I consider to be the best potential storyline in the Marvel lineup. And they've half-assed it every single time. Yeah. Um, the potential is there for such a rich story that they could they could do what Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings did because those are epic tales. Sure. That were done well. Um, the problem here is that they have such a fickle fan base. You could never set out to make to make eight movies. Yeah. Because the first time you have a female character kicking the ass of a male character, all of the dupe bros are out. Yeah, and I think it's kind of akin to, like, I say I'm going to start making a series of movies based on classical paintings. Yeah. Right? And uh, I do a couple, and they're okay. But then I'm like, all right, American, uh, the farmer, the farmer and his wife that are standing there with the pitchfork and the thing. Uh-huh. I'm going to do that one. And the story I tell is of, of a man during the Dust Bowl who beats his wife every night, and finally she buries him in the ground. Somewhere along the way, I give you that scene with them standing in front of the house. So I did the movie, right? Sure. That's not what you see when you look at that picture. That's not the story you tell yourself. It's not right. Oh, well, you might have picked the wrong picture, because honestly, I could see that. <laughs> It's because it's literally just two people looking like they're begrudgingly getting their picture taken in front of a, a yeah. farmhouse. I mean, like, see, that's the thing. I'm open to interpretation, right? I don't care about the origin story in the comic book, uh, but I'm not the target audience there. No. Um. No, and when we what we've been finding throughout our two years of doing this podcast is that when the movie misses the target audience, you tend to like it more than I do. Yeah, because they're well, not- because you have this emotional, um, almost hysterical attachment. Yeah, you need to be a. Uh, uh- medicated <laughs> after watching it because the the childhood attachments to stories are very strong in men and women sure. we all have our attachments to our fandoms um and well if our daughter is any indication uh rabid disappointment and anger happens when you even miss just a line yeah um but you know, being open to change I 
I and I don't. But the thing is, the reason I'm open to change is because I I literally don't even know those stories. Yeah. I and I don't care about the stories, and they're convoluted anyway. The amount of drama in each comic book is amazing. Is over the top and ridiculous and not believable. So if you threw it all in a movie, I'd be like, this is stupid. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, but I don't understand why they don't just. And this has been my problem this whole time. But the, you do Spider-Man sixty fucking times. You do Batman sixty fucking times. You do all of it over and over and over again. Pick one and stick with it. If you want to do another Batman movie, sure, get a different Batman because the original Batman's older than fuck. That's fine. But have it be a continuing story, not a a reimagining of the origin. We do do not need to rehash the same fucking shit over and over again. Do it like James Bond or Doctor Who, where it's a different actor, but it's the same character. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's, but in there are multiple, multiple examples of the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to do it exactly the same way, but take inspiration from the way that it has worked. Yeah. Make there be, like in Doctor Who, make there be a reason he's got a different face. Um, like maybe, um, I don't know, main character. Decides to fuck off to Tahiti because it's a magical place. <laughs> and he gets a plastic surgery and has to leave Tahiti and go somewhere else because no one will leave him alone. Yeah. And he wants to just be left alone. And then when he comes back, he's got plastic surgery and has to convince everybody that it is him and he can save the world because a big incident happens and he can't say no to it. And then he's got a different face and have the added obstacle of having to convince everybody. I mean, you know, you just have, I don't understand why it's so hard to just sit down and like brainstorm. Or you go the fucking Colonel Rhodes route between Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. You throw in one throwaway line where you look different. No, but that doesn't work for me. I don't like it. I really don't like it. Because honestly, if you do that to me, I have no idea who that guy's supposed to be. Fair enough. You you can't tell me. And then I'll be like, oh, is this a different person? I just assume it's a different person. Unless you tell me why it's not. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. I thought we already did. <laughs> we're talking, dude. What do you think we're doing? The movie starts with your, your 20th Century Fox, TN, TSG, and uh, a Marvel flappy opener. Um, those were like all X-Men characters in that opener. I love how they give me the same opener over and over again, but it's different every time. Yeah. Like a lot of times it's focused on the people from that movie. Well, I mean, that would make sense. I like it. Okay. Uh, It's like the sound it makes. Yeah. Uh, Gene is doing a voiceover talking about evolution and... Uh, which mirrors the the early Patrick Stewart voice opener or voiceovers, um, and we get her origin origin. Uh, it's 1975, and they're on a on a road trip. Have we seen her actual origin before? Did I know that that's what happened to her? Probably not, because this isn't quite right either. 
Of course it's not. But can we talk about why the fuck they keep making female uh, superheroes kill their parents in a car accident? Yeah, it's... Why is that such a thing? I don't understand. Well, you know, you fridge the parents real quick, and then the the child army collecting yeah, mentor has you to... You can do that in multiple different ways. It doesn't have to be uh, in a car accident. Yeah, I mean, Storm's parents died in the bombing of a of a city, so that's different. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> Cyclops' parents got abducted by aliens. Cyclops is a boy. Oh, yeah, girls. Um, Rogue's parents got all super religious and threw her out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It does it's happen It's not a all lot. Marvel. It's, it, it, but it's also like the boys. Yeah, it does happen a lot. Um, oh. Yeah, she's telepathically playing with the radio, and uh, there's some, some well, ruckus going on. I don't even know that she knows she's doing she it. She doesn't know she's doing it. Um, she was very adamantly arguing that that was not her. And the car accident happens. Mom dies. Uh, Dad is presumably dead, although we find out later that's not true. Dad's just a piece of shit. Um, and Xavier shows up to uh, take her in. Um, and Xavier's the exact same person he's always been in these movies. He thinks he knows better than everybody else. Yep. He fucking lies and covers up, and that always backfires on him, and he still hasn't learned his lesson. I... I did enjoy some of the things he said to her, you know, like your power is a, is a gift. It is a tool. How you choose to use it determines whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Well, and the one I wrote down was, um, where'd it go? Uh, the, you're not broken. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's like... You, well, that was the first one he says to her. She's, she says, you're here to try and fix me like everybody else. And he says, I can't fix you. You're not broken. Yeah. Um, which but is also really good. And she's not broken. She just didn't know that it was going to happen and had no control over it because she's a little kid. Yeah. Um, the... This leads to... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull from... Later on in the movie, stuff they said but didn't really show. This trauma of uh, watching her mother die uh, caused Xavier to wall off some of her memories and even some of her powers. Yeah. Uh, For the longest time, Jean Grey is only telekinetic. She's not telepathic. I haven't seen evidence of that at all. Yeah. Because she was telepathic in all the movies. Now, uh, in the the comics, it's not her mom that dies in a car wreck. In fact, both her parents are alive for a long time in the comics. But it's her best friend gets hit by a car, and she's got a telepathic link with the girl as the girl dies. Oof. And that's why Xavier has to wall off. Well, that's a much better story. Yeah. Yeah, because it almost kills Jean. Yeah, well, and that would be a lot more emotionally um, crushing to be a kid and and be inside someone while they're dying. Yeah. 
But it's so much uh, cleaner to just kill off parents and make Jean feel responsible for the parents dying. Um, uh, after that, the establishing scene there, a uh, series of scenes there, we jump to 1992. Uh, and space, From 1975. Yep. Um, and Space Shuttle Endeavor is uh, having a problem. Uh, so the president, who's got a direct line to Xavier, calls the X-Men. Um, and so he sends up Mystique, Beast, Cyclops, Jean, Quicksilver, Storm, and Nightcrawler. I get the impression that they hadn't been sitting for a long time waiting for the president to call either. I feel like the president picks up that phone like willy-nilly, whatever. Yeah. Um, it was just a matter of course. It wasn't. It didn't seem special, which is important to know. Yeah, we see later on um, crowds forming and cheering, and the the X Men have fans, and this is a great departure from the hated and feared yeah. that is the theme of just about every movie. Um, it quickly switches back, but I I think that is important to note. Like Xavier has created a a special task force that does what the president asks and is a force of good. And this is how he's fixing human mutant relations by making them. Which is kind of a duh idea. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know that it's the, the most ethical way to fix these relations. Why not? That's completely ethical to be heroes. Well, we'll be your tool and we'll serve you. Well, I mean, if you put it that way, it sounds awful, but that, I, I don't think that that was exactly how that was put out. No, but it's like these guys are all right as long as they're useful. But like we see in the movie, as soon as one thing goes even slightly wrong, the, yeah. the all humanity dangerous. is ready to turn on every mutant out there. Yeah. Um, Fairweather fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy... Uh, the blackbird taking off from underneath the basketball court. That was, ex that was 100% for uh, inside fans. Uh, they play basketball a lot in the comics. It's, it's fun. Um, Mystique is in charge of the team, uh, which as far as I know has never happened in any comic book. Uh, she's running the mes rescue mission. Uh, they save all but one guy. Uh, she thinks it's too dangerous, but Xavier's like, no, we don't leave anybody behind. So they go back to rescue the last guy with some very improbable space magic. <laughs> and Jean gets hit by the big red cloud that is the problem. Uh, the Phoenix Force enters her, although we don't know that's what it is at the time. Um, she's oh, floating in the uh, solar flare. Yeah, she's floating in space all alone. Uh, but Nightcrawler comes out and and grabs her and pops her back in, and fortunately she's not dead. I have big problems with that whole scene because Jean Grey is just floating in space and she hasn't imploded or suffocated or. And that it's her being loose in space is pre the power jumping into her, so you can't use that as an excuse. Yeah, some of it is. Um, 
but when they land and everybody's saved, they've got a big cheering crowd, uh, people wearing blue face to show their support. And, Which feels vaguely racist. Yeah. Because, um, like, half the team is blue at this point. Yeah. Um, Mystique challenges Xavier when they get back to the mansion. She doesn't like that the mutants are risking their lives for humans over and over and over and over again. Yeah. But also, also the women are always saving the men around here. Yeah. You should probably think about changing the name to X-Women. Yeah, and that is a line that gets cited as uh, a problem with this movie frequently. Which is stupid, because... X-Men is kind of sexist because if it were all men on the team, that'd be fine. But there are women on the team. Well, sure, but also it's men in the general term, like the human race, mankind. Is it? The race of men. I know. Well, we we haven't used the term man to mean all humans for generations now. So you can't really use that as an excuse because it fits your narrative. Well, I, I think that's the intent. Well, then the, the um, name should be something different. X-Mutants. Mutant <laughs> X. Uh, I, I mean, sure, there are... X-Team. There are... X-Squad. There are X-Men teams that form in the comic books that are, like, all all women. It is a full female squad of women, and they still go by X-Men because it's just... I don't know. Maybe it's... Because men are writing the comic book, because Xavier is a man, and he's pretty sexist himself, and... For lots of reasons. And if you called it ex-women, all of the dude bro pieces of crap would just walk away. Sure. I, it's a girl story. Sure. And honestly, like, some of my, some of the teams I like the most don't use men. Like, X-Force and X-Factor and Excalibur. Oh, look at all these, those names. These are all really good teams. Um, the New Mutants is a really good team. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's an it's kind of an archaic term for the team. I still I love the team the the comics. Yeah, but so. when the men, um, tell me the powers the men in in this movie on that team. We've got Beast, who's really smart and super agile and super strong. Couldn't prove that by the movie. Well, he was bouncing around. And he was jumping and. He's super strong and super agile. Sure, he is. And then you've got Angel Boy. No, Angel's not in this. The religious guy. Oh, Nightcrawler, the guy who can teleport? Yeah. Yes. That's a passive power. Yeah. That's a traditionally female passive power. Yeah. And then what other guys? You got Cyclops with his optic blasts. Who needs equipment to control himself. Yeah. And then Quicksilver. Who's... Really fast. Really fast. Which is also a passive power. I don't. I don't know. If it's a passive power. It is. His superpower is running away. <laughs> or running to. And doing what with it? He's also. Like, it's a passive power. This 
team in particular, just for this movie, the men are going to need to get rescued a bunch. Yeah, I mean, Mystique's power isn't super active. Isn't she? She's a shapeshifter. Um, and is super strong. No, not particularly. Not unless she, like, takes on the form of somebody who's super strong. Storm's okay, rather- well, so she can take on the visage of whoever and have their power? Kind of, uh, no. Like, she can't take on Cyclops's, uh face and be able to shoot optic blasts. But if she, like, takes... Then what's she doing there? Leading the team? Because they had Jennifer Lawrence and they wanted to use her? Because Mystique isn't actually an X-Man? She didn't even want to be on that in this, in this movie. Um... But you've got Storm, who controls the weather and apparently other things. Yeah, she's an Omega-level mutant. And then you've got Jean Grey. Uh, and then who else is on the team? That's it. So you've got a lot of passive people on this team that's supposed to be rescuing people. Yeah. And they don't work together like the A-team. They, they don't. They didn't in this movie. Not, not well enough, no. No, because they sent out one or two people... They, they didn't even they weren't even prepared for being in space. They gave dude duct tape, which I'm sorry, but um, the reason that you wear whole suits in space is because they have pressure. They're pressurized yeah. so that you don't implode because space is a vacuum. So none of that works. They, it, it, well, the more I think about it, the worse it gets. Um, it's not just about air, for fuck's sake. Yeah, we discovered Jean's stronger, um, but healthy. She's off the charts. B says they're going to have to make a new machine to measure her better. Uh, and then well, we- okay, but he said that because she was she was getting upset, and he's like, "Oh, it's it's not you that's the problem. My machine is my machine is stupid." That was like he was trying to soothe her with that. Yeah, I do. I do like this version of Hank McCoy. Um. Even I even, prefer Frazier. Okay. He's much more believable as an incredibly intelligent man. Okay. I, fair, because this actor has uh, chosen some parts that make me uh, question his ability to do basic math. But What do you mean? From uh, The Great, where he plays the... Oh, 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 oh him, not Frazier. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I, I kept, I forgot who he was, so I kept thinking, why do I think, why am I having such a problem with him? And it, it's because he he was the king and great, and he just batshit crazy and ineffectual. But as written, this version of Beast is, is really good. Sure. Um, they cut to uh, a dinner party and show some lights falling from the sky. Uh, which I at first thought to be pieces of the spaceship breaking up on re-entry. Really? Because I immediately knew that it was aliens because yeah. because it purposefully split into three lights. And they they landed equidistantly from each other. So I feel like that was pretty obvious, baby. Yeah, the, um, the hostess of the party goes out to, to check on the dog who's barking like crazy. 
and it's it's a scary alien that comes out of the woods. <sighs> okay, um, it is an alien like freaking the alien from Signs, or um, you know, it's the 1950s little green man alien. Yeah. Now, they never say the name of their race throughout no. the entire movie. We had to do some research. They also never said the name of the main I didn't chick. catch her name either, no. This race, according to uh, outside sources, which mm-hmm. I don't usually like to use, if it's not in the movie, it's not real. Uh, but this is supposed to be the Dabari. Yeah. Now, the Dabari are featured first in an Avengers book, but most importantly in Uncanny X-Men 135. Okay. Uncanny X-Men 135 is in the middle of the Dark Phoenix saga. Okay. This is the planet that Jean Grey, as the Phoenix, eats. Interesting. Yes. Now, later on, we get get a half- Cox story about how the Phoenix ate their planet and they want it so they can rebuild their planet. But if you take the comic book and you throw it in a blender and you take up the jumbled up pieces, this almost makes sense. <laughs> so, I mean, they've been following the power around, not Jean Grey. They've been following the power around trying to get it back. Yes. I mean, that does make sense. Absolutely. And I mean, if if you're going to use an alien race as the, the antagonist, you then might well. you might as well use the one that is from the comic sure. books that got their entire planet swallowed. I could see how that would make sense to people. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, Poor baby, you're just so upset. But they're apparently able to uh, shapeshift like scrolls and uh, take over these people's uh, faces. It would have been, well, it would have been so much more expensive to have them be the aliens' faces. But how much cooler would it have been if they'd been the alien-looking things the whole time? Yeah. I, I do have to say, though, Jessica Chastain with no eyebrows and super blonde looks like a fucking alien. I love her. She's incredible. But she creeps me out in this movie. She's so good at being fucking creepy. Yeah. And without eyebrows, everybody looks like a freak. Yeah, I'm like, not I'm not trying to knock her uh her acting at all. It would have been super cool to to see them as aliens though. Yeah, I just I didn't care for this take on the story as a person who didn't know the story it makes sense though yeah it's it's believable and interesting and the problem is it feels fast it feels like they've they've like thrown all the details together and told the story too fast yeah which i know i've complained about people telling stories too slow but it really does seem like the whole thing amps up and is over very quickly. It does. Um, even though we've just begun. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, 
while that is happening, the uh, the students of Xavier's Academy are having a party with a bonfire. Uh, and everybody's having a good time. Jean's getting drunk with Scott. And the Dazzler is over there turning music into fireworks. And the Dazzler is turning music into fireworks. Uh, Dazzler, who... They barely show her, though. They barely show her. Um, she's a probably a, a C character in the comics, but she's a loved C character. And is reported to be in the next Deadpool movie. <laughs> well, it was like... It's not a rumor. She's in it. <laughs> uh, being portrayed by Taylor Swift. So. Because Laurel said so or else. So it's possible. If they did that, it would be this. Now knowing how much this bombed, if they bring Taylor Swift in, right, uh, just ask Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs who I only know the name of because of his girlfriend, if they get Taylor Swift actually in this movie, or even if she's not in the movie, the rumor is enough that all of the Swifties are going to go see this movie. This movie is going to make so much fucking money because they picked the right fucking person to go to a ball game with. Yeah. Uh, And... I mean, she did go to the ball game with James McAvoy and the director of uh, uh, Deadpool. So if they're not in it, if she's not in it, then uh, absolutely that was calculated. And I will say, this is not just stunt casting. Knowing Dazzler from the comics, yeah. if Taylor doesn't even have to like be an actress for this movie, she just has to be herself with powers, and this will be fine. Yeah. Well, here's the problem with acting, is even if you're just yourself and you say the lines... It still requires talent to say the lines in a natural way. Um, having been on the stage multiple times, okay, I can tell you that it is extraordinarily easily to ruin everything by just being slightly awkward, sure, and not saying not saying a line. But it's not live, so they'll they'll have a couple of takes. If it, as long as the director doesn't suck, yeah they will get a good performance out of her because her as Dazzler works for me. Yeah, I mean, she could be Dazzler in her newest uh, tour. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of the clips, but um, but that chick just, people are dying in the audience. <laughs> or, or one person died in the audience. People are, like, fainting. A thousand people fainted, and all they're doing is standing there, and she is on stage dancing and singing her heart out and stuff the chick has drive yeah so i feel like even if she's not the greatest actress she's definitely going to try really hard oh yeah yeah that's the other thing is taylor's well plus she's just so lovable and adorable yeah and you know honestly if we weren't doing this podcast the only reason i would go see that movie is if i thought that taylor swift was in it because I mean, we've been listening to her sing since our daughters were little itty-bitties. Yeah. Uh, while, while Dazzler's making pretty fireworks, um, Mystique is discussing leaving the team with Hank, uh, but Hank wants to stay, and he, he kind of talks her into staying, too. 
Uh, Charles. Sort of. Sort of? That didn't feel resolved to me. No, it didn't. But that's what we're supposed to believe. Uh, Charles is at some. Uh, He's getting function. a reward for the from the president. Yeah, getting getting recognized by the president for. Like one of the writers of the comic book was in the audience when he got that award. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool. I don't know who it was, but they had a little a cameo. Oh, I'd like to know which one. So, at um uh minute twenty six of the movie, Chris Chris Claremont, who was the co-creator of the Dark Phoenix Saga comics, is sitting in the crowd when Charles Xavier is receiving the award from the president. That's that's okay. big. They don't focus on him? No, and I, I wouldn't recognize him if I saw him, but the fact that they got Claremont in there is amazing because he's he is pivotal to a lot of really good early X-Men stories. Um, Claremont's as big as Kirby. Um, yeah, it, for me, is not big at all. No. no idea who these people are. I mean, I, obviously, I, I know the name Kirby because you've said it a million times. Um, but he's just a, you know, attractive older man, um, completely unassuming. Yeah. Claremont's Looks like he should be in a kilt on the set of Outlander, really. <laughs> he's he's a legend. Um, Ouch. The uh, the fire and the noise and the ruckus uh, starts triggering Jean and she loses control and knocks everybody out. Uh, so it's, in quite a spectacular way. Yeah. So it's echoing the the same thing she said when she killed her parents. So it's deep deep trauma. Um, Xavier runs home and. He has to use Cerebro to try and get into Jean's mind. Uh, and this is where he explains the walls that he built to protect her when she was young, which uh, Mystique really doesn't like the idea of. No, because because it's a violation. It's, it's more that the reason I don't like Xavier, yeah. because he thinks he knows best and violates people against their will. Yeah. Um, if I found out somebody was getting into my brain, that would absolutely be the very last time oh, yeah. they ever had access to me at all. Well, because I can't trust my own thoughts if you have the ability to change them. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime I started agreeing with you, I'd be like, yeah. on principle, now I've changed my mind. Yep. Um, yeah. But Gene is now so strong that even with Cerebro... Uh, Xavier can't get all the way in, and she hears she she hears her father getting a table for one, and realizes that he's still alive, and she is going to go. Well, also, but also she breaks through those walls that Xavier put up, and realizes her dad didn't die in the accident because she hears him telling Xavier, "Take the fucking kid. I don't want her. She's." Uh, what did he say? He didn't say she was broken, but uh, something to the effect of she's unhelpable or yeah, yeah. Like talk about a fuckface. I get that his wife is dead and that's upsetting, but that's his daughter. Yeah, it's annoying that they set this up like men aren't as attached to their kids as women are. 
Because you can't imagine a, a woman ever just throwing her kid away. Yeah. Like we've seen women killing for their children after their children have killed other people. And, yep. and dad just throws her away like it's nothing, like it doesn't affect him. It's upsetting because, come on now, I know men love their children more than that. Yeah. At least I hope so, or I've been uh, greatly uh, lied to. Scott offers to go with her to find her dad. Um, <laughs> you mean to protect her dad. <laughs> and so she uh, she puts him to sleep and flies off. Um, yeah, this is this is a power I want. Xavier assembles the team to follow her. Uh, she finds her dad uh, and wants to know why he didn't look for her. Uh, yeah, it takes her way too long to realize what's up. Yeah, uh, she's mad that he abandoned her. Um, And then uh, that's when he gives her his side of losing his wife. Oh, that was rough. Um, which that was rough. Obviously, puts her uh, on an emotional back foot. It was interesting though because a guy without powers walked closer to her and said, "If you want in, come all the way in." And then it it almost looked like he was projecting his memories to her. Yeah. Uh. And it kind of, like, he wasn't afraid of her in that moment, um, which strengthened your knowledge of how greatly affected and upset he was about the whole thing. Because he was more worried about, or he's, yeah, more worried about how upset he was than about her actually hurting him. Yeah. And I feel like a little bit of let me hurt you back. Sure. And a little bit of how much worse can you make it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he's clearly not moved on. She didn't no. knock on the door to a, a new family and no. half-siblings and stuff. Dude looks pretty ragged and, and miserable. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the same house where everything's still the same. Yeah. For what? What's it been? 20 years? Yeah, give Almost. or take. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 18. Um, she's processing this. Uh, and she might have done something not bad, but then the X-Men show up. and They did really uh, exacerbate and escalate. Yeah. Um, and she's getting ready to fight them all, and Scott steps forward, and he's talking to her, and he's almost got her calm again, and then the fucking cops show up. Yep. Well, and you know, especially in the Marvel movies, the cops are only good for one thing. To fucking dial up the drama. Oh, I meant murder, but sure. She decides that she's not going to deal with the police force and scatters them, which starts a fight with the entire team, wherein she trashes every other X-Man present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... um that was pretty good. They don't, they don't hold a candle to the power she has. But Raven, no, and this is where the confusion comes in with the dude bros in the Marvel groups who who are all like, that woman character's more powerful than men and she shouldn't be there and that's not how it's supposed to be. Except when you look at this character, yeah. 
Um, she ate a whole fucking planet. Yes. Uh, so I know that this isn't exaggerated for effect. Um, this is a prime example of the awesome power that women in the Marvel Universe wield. Yeah. And I don't understand how dudes just straight up forget that. They remember minute details about bullshit nobody has ever cared about. But this, they just conveniently gloss over? As written, the Phoenix Force is one of the strongest forces in the universe. So maybe they're separating it. It's not Jean Grey, it's the Phoenix Force. However... But that, she's wielding it. Yes, that said, she's wielding it because she's strong enough to handle it. There's a period of comics that I haven't read yet where the Phoenix Force comes back, and in order to contain it, it takes eight other mutants. Holy shit. They have to split okay, it up. Well, then either either they're not reading the comics, or they're just conveniently forgetting things that don't fit in with their personal narrative. Sure. And then they tell you, well, it's not that I don't like the fact that the girl is strong, it's this particular actress or this change to the story or whatever excuse they want to throw at you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, we're not here for the dude bros, but um, drop us comments if you disagree. Yeah. Go ahead. I dare you. I'll read your comments out loud on the podcast, and we can talk about them at length. Um, yeah. So she's wrecked the entire team. And then uh, Mystique comes up to talk to her. And she is doing a pretty good job of getting to Jean and calming her down and letting her know that she's got a family and it's all going to be okay. And then the cops do some stupid shit and Jean reacts. And then the next thing you know... Well... Yeah, because her whole thing is go away. Yeah. Like, she's, she is actively trying to calm down. She doesn't have any control, and you can tell that she's trying. She doesn't want to hurt them, She, yeah. but she wants them to leave her alone, and they're not leaving her alone. Yeah. And of all of the things in this movie, I can understand the, the power of leave me the fuck alone, I said. Yeah. I, I can relate to that, because there are a lot of people that be flat on their asses. Um, if I'm saying leave me alone and you don't fucking leave me alone. And so in that last leave me alone burst, uh, Mystique gets thrown across the street and impaled on some. Yeah. Real superhero there. Yeah. Um, got impaled by a broken board. Now Mystique has the ability in the comics to shift her organs so that she doesn't get anything vital impaled. Yeah. Except she didn't see it coming cause she, she she got tossed backwards. Yeah, and and so I'll give them a pass on that. What what I'm not giving them a pass on is they killed Mystique slash Raven slash whatever her real name is. Yeah. Um, and gave her a funeral and everything. Um, when I mean they did that because Jennifer Lawrence didn't want to be and and play that character anymore. Yeah. Not because that was part of the story, or that it made sense with the fucking story. No, but how does she then grow up to be Rebecca Ramon Stamos? Rebecca Romaine? Yes, that's what I said. Yeah, she's not Stamos. What else? How does she grow up to be the mystique from the first three movies? 
Because the first three movies aren't a part of this story. Fair enough, I guess. But, but, they didn't tell us to uh, pretend we hadn't seen those movies at the beginning of the movie. Um, Jean's upset that she hurt, well, killed Mystique and flies away. Yeah. Um, She's immediately like, oh shit. Scott's trying to to make excuses, but Storm definitely blames Jean. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. She only got this power because she was trying to save them all. Yeah. And they know she doesn't have any control over it. It's stupid to get mad at her when she doesn't have any control. It's like getting mad at somebody for having schizophrenia. It, yeah. it makes no fucking sense. Hank doesn't blame Jean. Hate links Charles. Well, I don't, I mean, the reason that she's upset in that moment is Charles's fault, but yeah. the whole thing isn't Charles's fault. Charles put them in danger. Charles didn't listen when Mystique said time to back off. Charles is calling all the shots. Well, and he's mad at himself because when she said, I want to leave, he didn't listen. Yeah. And he didn't listen because of Charles. Yeah. He's just directing anger from himself to Xavier. I mean, it's earned either way. Yeah. Um, the aliens show up at Gene's uh, dad's house pretending to be FBI uh, trying to get some information and that doesn't go well. Oh, that was a sick, twisted moment when yeah. he's like, I don't have any info and, and she's like, well, we're going to get it out of you. And then she twists his chest into like a, a whirlpool. Yeah. And remember how I said in the comics that Jean's parents weren't the ones that died. Yeah. Uh, Jean's actually got a, a sister, maybe a brother and a sister. I might be misremembering some stuff. Um, but Jean's whole family lived on while she was an X-Man. Uh, And one day in the comics, they were having like this big family reunion thing where all the aunts and uncles and grandparents came and it was super happy. And they invited Jean, but she couldn't make it. But who did make it is some aliens that were mad at the Phoenix for causing shit to happen. Yeah. And the aliens wiped out her entire family. Oh, shit. So now we switch from X-Men to the Punisher? Yeah. (laughs) Um. So these aliens killing her dad is actually in line with the, the well, comics. That's ironic. Yeah. No, uh, wiped out her entire fucking family. Pretty brutal. Um. So having no one else to turn to, Jean goes to Magneto's colony for help. Which is fucked because again, well, now in this story, Magneto's not a bad guy. He's like a commune leader he but they did reference that he did bad stuff and he has killed people but he stopped yeah uh so rebooting but with still some homage to the original yeah eh, i don't i don't get this as a reboot i just don't i only i'm only i'm only defending that it's a reboot thing because they told me it was a reboot um magneto sees the blood on Jean and he wants to know whose it is and he's trying to help her. He does it in a very confrontational way, um, which is in keeping with his character. Well, but also I kind of get the impression that he, he's super worried about which one of 
his alleged friend's blood is on her. Yeah. Because the only thing that would make her that upset would be if she hurt somebody she cared about. So it might be somebody he cares about. Yeah. It was like Brad Pitt saying, what's in the box? Um, and he's almost gotten through and gotten some answers. But then some military helicopters show up. Yes, because the military is definitely in charge of arresting people on American soil. They may not have been on... Well, the U.S. government gave him that island to turn into a commune, I guess. Yeah. He said... It's not so, a sovereign nation. No. Actually, I didn't get the impression it was an island either. No, they showed it as an island as she was showing oh, up. I must have been taking notes then because um, I didn't see that it was an island. It was a small island. It definitely wasn't supposed to be Genosha. Um, yeah, it was because they call it Genosha. Do they? Uh, in the um, yeah, in the in the trivia on IMDb talking about it. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Listen, they just did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Okay. Um, the military wants Gene, and and it, Magneto's like trying to stonewall and protect her, but she just comes out and is like, "Y'all get the fuck out of here." I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And so things start escalating, and she starts wrecking helicopters and hurting people. Yeah, but this time it's much more directed. It's not um, an emotional outburst. It's, like, focused. Yeah. Also, the next thing that I got to complain about is these two dudes on this second helicopter that she's, like, flinging around. They're just sitting in the helicopter with absolutely no facial expression, no worry on their faces. Like, they're just, like, scratching their heads and acting like... They weren't scratching their heads. They weren't moving at all. I'm pretty sure those yeah, were dummies. Yeah, one of them moved because after you said they were dummies, I started really okay. watching. Those were actual people. I think they forgot to tell them that they were crashing and that they should act like... They were crashing. <laughs> uh, what we do find out... Because CGI'd some fucking freakouts or something. <laughs> Shit. What we do find out in this scene is that Jean, now having shown she's stronger than Xavier and the entire X-Team, she's also stronger than Magneto. Yeah. And that should scare everyone. Yeah. Magneto can pull iron... Out of your blood. And then use it to shoot you like birdshot. Which, though, means that I would be immune to him. <laughs> I don't have enough iron in my blood for him to do that. Um, after, the, after the soldiers have gone away, well, after a Magneto throws them in their helicopter out of her reach... Um, he tells her that she can't stay there. Can't say is a blame him. Uh, I mean, they have been put in this concentration camp in the middle of the ocean. Um, and have just found out that uh, this isn't uh, going to be like a peaceful island for them always. Yeah. Like, but for real, they, they are just going to come in anytime they want to. Genosha is a tragic place, and I will not start down that road because that's another 45-minute talk. Um, 
Well, it's a concentration camp, so, I mean, it couldn't possibly ever be well, a good story. they're, in this movie, they're kind of free. But they've been put, okay, they on a reservation, they, yeah. then. It, but same results. Yeah. They didn't even give them, like, proper housing or anything. They're all living in chews and stuff. Yeah. Um... Probably only because dude could pick them up with his mind and move them around. We do get uh, some some exposition on the news as we're switching scenes. Uh, it appears that the Congress is now considering mutant internment camps. Yep. Uh, Xavier's worried, so he picks up his hotline to the president and gets told that that will no longer be working. Oh, yeah, because like you said earlier... Um, as long as they're useful, then we're willing to be friends. But it's and all it took was just one of them. Yep. Um, having an issue. Yeah. One mutant to have one bad day, and they're no longer dogs on a leash. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So the, and the the fucked up thing is the only person that died was also a mutant. Yeah. Uh, the alien leader, uh, what did you say her name was? Vox. She finds Gene uh, pretending to be an old guy in a bar uh, and says that she can help her. Because apparently Gene can glimmer. Jean, she, I know what it is. Yeah. She is using her brain power to make other people see her in a different way. But it was a much easier way to say a glamour because it means the same fucking thing. Okay. Smarty pants, Mick, mansplaining. I didn't explain anything. You did. That's because I interrupted you. Uh, you might be becoming a comic fan after all. <sighs> no, I'd have to. They have to start hate, hating women first. Uh, Hank runs oh, off. And I can get laid anytime I want to, so I never really could be a true comic book fan. Dude. <laughs> Hank runs off to... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Your face. I love you, too. That's rude. No, it was funny. Hank decides he's not going to be a part of the team anymore and runs off to visit Magneto. Um, he's the one that tells Magneto that it was uh, Mystique that's dead. And uh, yeah, Which really, his upsetness really doesn't fit in with who he was in the other movies because he's the one that used Mystique and threw her away in the other movie. Well, in the first three movies. But remember in uh, the earlier movies, the... They they alluded that Magneto and Mystique had uh, intimate relations. Except when, the fact that she was 40 years younger than him. When he told her that she shouldn't have to hide who she was for somebody to like her. That wasn't sexual. It Well, it was... We debated on whether or not they did it. Well, that was when they were the same age, though, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Ish. Yes. Well... Yeah. Plus, 
uh, during this movie, I was thinking, we really don't know how old Mystique is because she can change the way she looks. So it's not like she's going to age. Yeah, she can be 90 pretending to be a, yeah. a child. Yeah. So really, that's left open enough. Sure. Still gross. Uh, anyhow, Magneto is very upset. He pulls his helmet out of the box. Farmer Rick has got his guns again. Yeah, yeah. That's an old, old trope. Yep. Put your, your six guns away in the trunk. Um, we cut to the scene where uh, Vox is giving the exposition on her race to the Phoenix. We've already talked about how that's a, a strange departure, but still an homage to the comics. Um, Beast and Magneto get ready to go hunting Jean. Uh, which then gives Xavier the uh, information of where Gene's going to be because he's watching Beast and not, uh, he, even though he's not able to find Gene with Cerebro, but he's able to watch Beast, and that's how he knows where they're going to be. So they all converge on um, whatever building it is that the aliens have inhabited. And... Magneto. You know, I didn't catch where they were. It was a nice building. Yeah, I I feel like it was supposed to be the place where the dinner party was, but also it was in town and there were no, a lot the of woods next dinner to the party, dinner party. Yeah, the, no, the dinner party so, was somebody's house. This was like a marble floor, marble walls, fancy staircase, like yeah. government building looking place. Like one of her people had invaded the president's security detail. So... Like, how long have they been? I don't know, man. I don't know. Some fancy building. Yeah, some of this uh, could have been spelled out a little bit better. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't important. Just there was going to be a big fight. Xavier's people and Magneto's people get into a fight in the street over who's going to go after Gene. Uh, Yeah, this is the part where they're dumbasses because they know that people are going to start being mad about mutants. And then they have absolutely no give a fuck about collateral damage in this situation at all. No, Magneto rips a fucking subway car out of the ground. Yeah. You know how much money that was? Just that part? (laughs) We're not even talking about all the buildings that got fucked up and the cars and all that stuff. You would think even the bad guys would have just a tiny bit of, of worry about perception. Public perception. This is a pretty decent uh, brawl scene. All of the different mutants yeah, taking on each other. Pro- my only problem with it is that it's a little chaotic. I, I don't know any of the people on Magneto's team. So um, I didn't know who was fighting who. Sure. Uh, who I was. Uh, it, it was a little chaotic. There were two main people on Magneto's team. The guy with the dreadlocks, who is not from the comics at all. With the prehensile hair, which we've seen before. Yeah. Still stupid. And um, the woman named Celine, who was fighting um, who was fighting Xavier. Uh, she's with telepathy. Um, she is actually from the comics. She was a new mutant for a while. She was raised in South America in a, a colony that thought it was still part of the Roman Empire because it was cut off from civilization. 
Ooh, cool. Um, yeah, and they rescue her. Um, she goes back and forth being a good guy and a bad guy for a while, but she was a good addition to the comics. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, that fight happens. Magneto makes it in there and Jean is waiting for him. Uh, and he doesn't even stand a chance. Like there's a moment where he's bent some metal and he's going to poke it through her eye. And then she's like, no, the, Lord, no. the complete lack of flinching was, um, I really liked that moment yeah. because she's so confident that she doesn't even back up, not even for a second. Then Xavier makes it in. He's going to talk to her and, and calm her down. And she uh, makes him walk to her. Yeah, that looked painful. Yeah. Uh, they did a really good job of that because that, that really looked awful. Um, Especially with his ankle turned over. Yeah. Like he wasn't really walking. That was all him being puppeted. Yeah. I, they did a really good job on that part in particular. Um, but he gets he gets to her, and she goes into his mind, and he explains to her again that even though her dad wouldn't didn't want her, he did. She is part of the family. She is loved. They care for her. And it it makes her realize that this this destructive force is not what she wants to be. And so then well, Vox, part part of the emotion there was I'm guessing once she accidentally killed Raven, she assumed that they would not want her anymore, that yeah. they weren't on her side anymore. Which is a reasonable assumption. Yeah. Um but when he says, we're still here, we're still your family, then she has a reason to fight now against it. So Jean decides to give the Phoenix Force to Vox. Which would be a great idea. Yes. Um, except Xavier realizes that if Vox gets this force, uh, she's going to kill every human on the planet. Yeah, well, he realizes it because he reads her mind, apparently. Yeah. Um, so Scott stops the transfer from, from completing. Um, and then the cops start zapping and collaring mutants all over the place and yeah. arresting them. Which really should have been a much more emotional moment. Yeah. Um. Because the, the real story here is that the mutants are going to all end up in concentration camps. Yep. This is the story. Yeah. Like they are actively trying to save the world from one of their own for a while, but then from aliens and the cops are just rounding them up. Yep. Plus they're dangerous. The worst part of it is though, that it's not like, Oh, these are an alien species, or these are a people that aren't related to us that are that look different. They're from a different land. It's 
you could wake up one day and your own kid is a mutant. Yep. These are these are not different creatures from us. They're not a different species. They are us with mutations. It's like if we had a kid whose feet were all webbed, they're mutant, but they're still fucking human. Sure. And this separation that even the mutants are perpetuating just makes it easier for all of them to get separated from us. Yeah, it's it's like we discovered that every serial killer in the history of the world has had blue eyes. And so we start rounding up blue-eyed people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, because once they start putting a, uh, aliens, once they start putting mutants in concentration camps, then we are all living like we're in Nazi Germany. We yeah. all have to walk around with papers and prove that we're not mutants. And your children, when they hit puberty, are going to have to go in for tests. Um, and your kids could get taken away from you. It The oppression isn't just for the mutants. The op- oppression would be for all of us. Yeah. I don't understand how people don't understand that. Mm. Because, sure, I'm safe. I'm not a mutant. But now I have to go register as a non-mutant. And I have to carry around a little piece of paper that will save my life. Because if I lose that piece of paper, they're just going to assume, until they can prove otherwise, that I'm a bad guy. Uh, the oppression is then for all of us. So all of our mutants find themselves on a train uh, being transferred to a prison center. Um, looks remarkably like the train from... Uh, well, it looks like a, a mix from of the, the train from Deadpool. Uh, the second one. And uh, one of those military flights where you just get strapped into a seat on the side of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a jump seat rather than an actual airplane seat. Xavier finally admits that he was, in fact, wrong and mm-hmm. is the villain of the piece. You'll never hear that again. No. Uh, but the transfer train gets boarded by the aliens uh, who proceed to destroy the humans with guns. Yeah. Um, this was a real, this was the sequence that I really enjoyed on the train. Yeah. This was the fight scene that I really liked. Um, you get one of the uh, prison guards here, one of the guards here telling the mutants that their kid used to be a fan. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Uh, how, you know, the, the mutants are pleading that it's not them that are the bad guys. It's not mutants that are coming to free them. These are aliens, and you need our help or you're all going to die. Um, and the uh, anti-mutant hate is strong. Yeah. Uh, and so the mutants decide that they're going to stand their ground on their own, and almost every single one of them gets wiped out because of it. Uh, one of the last ones standing uh, hits the release button and unlocks, undoes the collars and uh, opens up the, the locks for all the mutants. And then the fight gets good. Um, Storm is wrecking shit. Cyclops is blasting people. Magneto's... Uh, oh, that part where he crushed an entire car... And then flung it to the side. With zero effort. Yeah. Which just makes me think, 
of how Gene is more powerful than him, and that took no effort, and boy, that makes Gene scarier. Yes. <laughs> His power in comparison to hers, um, it's just, it, it is intimidating. Yeah, Gene's still not in the fight because she's been, like, drugged and locked up separately uh, on some kind of cross-table thing. Mm-hmm. Um... But the fight's going, the minions are getting taken out pretty good, um, and then Boss Alien shows up, uh, and she starts taking out... I mean, she's got part of the Phoenix Force in her, so she's been souped up, and she starts taking out mutants left and right. Uh, She fucks up Beast, she fucks up uh, Scott, Nightcrawler, who... And that's with just part, um, just a little bit of the the zippy-zip... Nightcrawler, who failed to save the human who uh, let them out and is now in full auto-kill mode, stabbing people with his tail and shit like he is... He's crossed a line that you don't normally see Nightcrawler cross. I don't know how to feel about it. It's understandable in the moment, though. It's understandable in the moment. It makes sense in the movie. Um... It's not consistent with the Nightcrawler I know and love. Here's the deal with that, though. Every single human being has the potential for murder. Yeah. Um, every single person has a point that when crossed, it's, it's, not, it's not that hard. No, absolutely. I mean, we have to have, we're animals. We have to have that instinct or we wouldn't have survived until now. Kurt might do something like this in the comics. He might be brought to this point. But he would spend the next 12, 18 issues atoning for it. But this is only a movie. You don't know what he's doing after the movie. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I love that little elf. That's rude. Pretty sure that's racist. It is a little, but that's what Wolverine calls him, so it's okay. No. He allows Wolverine to call him that. It's Because okay. Wolverine is hot. Because they're buddies. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, just when it looks like they're, they're all going to die, Xavier wakes Gina, um, and she starts dusting motherfuckers like Thanos. Uh, she wrecks the train completely while putting force bubbles around all her friends. Uh... And then her atomizing these aliens is just amazing. Uh, she, one of them gets past her and she brings him back so she can watch him turn to dust. Yeah, I, I have that marked down as the best part of the movie. Um, she touches them and they, they turn to literal rubble. Yeah. The, her dragging that guy back, it was like in uh, Mortal Kombat when they go, Come here, get over here. Um, that was the best part of the whole movie for me. Um, I loved that. Vox shows up and Jean's like, Oh, you, you want the Phoenix? I'm going to give it all to you, bitch. Um, That's what she said. But, uh, <laughs> but this is starting to hurt the people she cares about. And Chick tells her, you, if you kill me, you kill all your friends. Uh, and your emotions make you weak. Yeah, no. So Jean takes her ass into space uh, and tells her that her emotions are what makes her strong. 
and burns her up. Turns her into literal molecules. Yeah, she goes full Phoenix and... And that, that was, um... That explosion was practically nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Those are the best two parts of the movie. When Gene wakes up, crumbles the bad guys, re-crumbles the other bad guy, and then uh, goes nuclear. That that was really good. Scott says she's gone. Uh, Xavier says she's free. And uh, Scott saying that does make some sense to comic book fans. Uh, They have a telepathic connection. Like, they feel each other. Yeah. They can kind of talk back and forth, even though Scott's got no uh, telepathy. Um, So him knowing that she's finally gone is is fine. Um, They rename... Oh, I'm sorry. She wasn't gone. She's not actually dead. So... Yes and no. What we are supposed to gather from this is she is no longer Jean Grey. She is just the Phoenix. I don't like that. Yeah. That's not what I got from that at all. Um, I just got, oh, they're wrong, because there she is. Yeah. Um, they renamed the school. The It's no longer the Xavier Academy. It's now the Jean Grey Academy for Gifted. Whatever. Uh, Classes resume. Hank is now the headmaster. And Professor X is now basically on the run. Yeah, he has fucked off to Paris. That's like his house, though. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact, that house, every time you see the facade, it's all completely CGI. That's cool, because it looks pretty close to the comic book. Now, you want to know what's annoying? It's uneven, so if it's all CGI, they could have fixed that. And I fucking don't like it. It's it's pretty comic book accurate. I'm okay with it. It's non-symmetrical. So? You don't like non-symmetrical things. I do when they're comic book accurate. We live in a house that is perfectly symmetrical. Oh, okay. <laughs> to make your brain happy. It's not comic book accurate. Anyway, uh, Jean gives us a voiceover that tells us she's not done. She is now one with the universe and evolved in some sappy bullshit. Um, Magneto meets Xavier in Paris, and they want to be all friendly and shit. And he offers them a home in Genosha, but first they're gonna they're gonna play just one game. Mm-hmm. Magneto will go easy on him. Yeah. No, you won't. Um, And we do get a flash of the phoenix flying in the sky. That is the end of the movie, and there is no after credit scene. Yeah. This movie's existence really does ruin all the other movies. Yeah. And they really could have had it fit in. With the other movies, if they'd wanted to, because then if she are if this is her origin for the Dark Phoenix thing, they could have had her overcome it and control the Phoenix, not become the Phoenix. And then when it re-emerges in the movie that already happened at the lake, yeah, then it would make sense that it was in her, and then it wasn't a big deal because you should already know about it, except you hadn't seen the movie yet. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to ignore the fact that it came out in an earlier movie. Well, what I'm saying, but but what I'm saying is, like, if they had squeezed this between those movies in the timeline, it would then clean up the fact that that made no fucking sense. In the comics, the actions of the Dark Phoenix were irredeemable. Is... Gene's actions as the Phoenix, are these actions irredeemable? Uh, Could she still be a good guy? I think if you kill one of the bad guys, that makes you, or one of the good guys, that makes you irredeemable. Okay. How, How in the fuck are you going to expect Scott Summers to forgive her and be buddy buddy with her again and be on the same team when he, she killed his girlfriend? No. No. Not Scott Summers. Fucking Beast. Hank, yeah. She killed his girlfriend. That, I TV shows and, and movies do this shit all the time where someone does something that I would literally never fucking talk to them. So there's still no for. coming back for Gene. I wouldn't think so. That's kind of fucked because it's like, oh, you can do whatever you want to us and we'll still love you. That's not a good precedent to set. Okay. She She killed somebody. Okay. That's all. Um, I I didn't think the movie was as bad as as all that. It, but as a standalone. Yeah. If they had bet, done a better job of explaining why this was different than all the other movies. I think that if this is the only X-Men movie you ever watch, this is a perfectly good movie. Yeah. And it, it does well with the X-Men. Uh, there are maybe some characters you don't know well enough and some history that you have to be told. But I think if, if, this, really. is, if this is your only X-Men movie, there's, there's nothing wrong with it as a, as a movie itself. Yeah. It's, it's only as a sequel that this is a, Bad movie. But again, it's not a sequel. Um, That's why they went willy-nilly with it. Yeah. I I don't know what to tell you, babe. I feel like them saying that this was supposed to be a reboot is after after they realized they fucked up Cop Out. I don't think so. I mean, why would they do that? It's not going to get them any money. No, no. It just comes across as, no, we totally meant to do that. Well, having not been on the writing team, you'll never know. Never know. It doesn't even matter anyway. It's It makes your brain hurt to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to, especially trying to piece this together with the, uh, the gifted show. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. We're not adding that complication uh, to anything. No, uh, if if you want to see somebody, um, if you want to see somebody try and piece all of these timelines together, there's a um, a really good article on denofgeek.com. Uh, that is, it is the best attempt I have found at piecing them together. And even it is like at one point their comment is at this point, we've stopped trying. Well, but, that's a sure sign of frustration, but it even, it, it includes the gifted and the Deadpool movies in its attempt to 
give you a timeline that kind of kind of works mm. and tells you what to ignore in order to make it work. Well, if I have to do that much work, then it's not worth it, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I don't you said the best part of the movie was the that final fight. Yeah, the um, her r- turning people to rumble, rubble. I can't talk. Her turning people into rubble, and that snatchback she did was awesome. I love that. What was the worst part? I don't. I don't know. I want to say the all of the continuity problems and and departures from. Uh, the source material, but really that's not what makes this movie bad. Okay. Because that is a problem with the things surrounding the movie and not the movie, if that makes sense. Not really. Like I said, if this, if this movie is a standalone movie, if, mm-hmm. if there are, if you don't watch any other movies, those aren't problems. Well, yeah. Oh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. So, you know, calling that the worst part of the movie is... It, it feels wrong? Well, not really. Because, um, because you have seen all the movies. It is presumed that you are a fan already, and you would have seen the movies. Yeah. If they had gotten different actors to play all the parts, then it would be believable as a reboot. But the fact that they didn't get new actors makes it so that you assume it's a sequel. And you can't go back on that later if that's not what the intention was originally. Yeah. Uh, and it certainly doesn't save face or get you any more money. Um, what it does is make uh, movie makers assume that they didn't like the female, strong female character plot, and then it takes another fucking five years to get another girl movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, uh, that's really my only problem with the movie, though. Like, be, beyond those glaring contradictions... Well, but also, if you hadn't seen any of the other movies, um, but you had read the comics... I'd still be upset. The age issue. Oh, yeah. Um, Because for me, the best part of Magneto is that he's not actually a bad guy. Yeah. And he's not actually a bad guy no. because of his life story. Yeah. Um, the, because his anger is earned. No, it absolutely is. And honestly, the alien's anger is earned. If you come and wipe out my entire planet. Yeah. Uh I'm going to do what I... They, they are this, doing what this they is can that, to get their race. This is that planet uh, Avengers. Yeah. yeah. So from a different perspective, that's Iron Man coming to fuck up the bad guys from the incident. I mean, the fact that they want to wipe out all of Earth to make their own planet is kind of well, shitty. But, go. But as far as they know, like she came and ate their planet 
let's say they don't know it's a separate entity that's jumped into her. Yeah. It's her. And she's a human. Yeah. And therefore, it must be all of humans sent her to come do that. So it does so make sense. Yeah. If I, they've got like a handful of people and literally everyone else on their planet is dead because of humans, it's not that far-fetched that the revenge is all of the humans die. Yeah. If we were watching that story from their perspective, they'd be the good guys. They would be. Absolutely. So. Um, and that's what X-Men always do so well is they give you very nuanced villains. Yeah. Right? Honestly, the only people that are consistently villains in the X-Men universe are the fucking human mutant haters. Hmm. Well, and and the other the other problem being that because you have to assume this is the only movie uh, that you've seen, you don't even know Magneto's a bad guy. No, not really. Yeah, I and you get know. no background on him at all. No, uh, so he's just a guy with a vaguely dark past that you don't get any information on. I, I'll tell you the um, the worst part if if I'm going to. Ignore everything that isn't from this movie itself. The worst part is the lack of story background that they give us. If that was supposed to be Genosha, I wanted them to clearly state this is Genosha. If that was supposed to be the race from the comic books being killed. Whatever they showed overhead of that being an island. I didn't see I didn't it because see. I was writing it down. I was writing stuff down. I assumed that they were in upstate New York still. Yeah, I didn't see a tag that said Genosha. I would have. I would have recognized that tag. Um, I would have recognized if they had even once said the name of the race. Yeah. Of aliens. Which uh, they I, didn't. They didn't even say the name of the main chick. Yeah. There so, was no. We got nothing. So if, if you want me to have background that isn't me pulling what I know from the comic books. Yeah, then you need to give it to then me. Then you need to give it to me. Because if you're depending on me pulling from the comic books, then it needs to be more comic book accurate. Yeah, or even the other movies. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I said I didn't want to make that the, my worst part of the movie, but it ended up being the worst part of the movie anyway. Well, I mean, but it but it's fine. It works. It's yeah. It is a problem. So, we have another problem. Well, this... Yeah. This being our 54th Marvel movie. How Marvelous was it? I don't know. Oh, excuse me. I don't know. Uh, let me find the list. The movie itself wasn't bad. It wasn't good either. <sighs> I really want to put this like below Venom. Right above Fantastic Four. Because it's... Worse than Thor? <sighs> Everything's worse than Thor. Ooh. Above Spider-Man 2? Because the original X-Men, 
And the last stand were not perfect movies, but they were better than this, I think. I mean, at least they made sense. Yeah. But I hate Thor. Thor's a lot Oh, I was looking at the wrong Fantastic Thor. Okay. Uh, um, this is better than The Wolverine. The Wolverine is which one? The one with his brother. Sabretooth. Do you think so? Uh-oh. No, I'm sorry. That's the Sabretooth is Origins. The Wolverine is the one with uh, Deadpool with no mouth. Oh, but that fucks the continuity up. Yeah. This it's is it's still than, better than the fan four-tastic four. Yeah. It's better than The Wolverine. And better than the second Tobey Maguire movie, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, Thor Dark World, where... But all of the standalone Thor movies suck. They are surface stories. There's no depth to them at all. So let's put this below the very first X-Men movie. Like right okay. below it, between it and Thor. Okay. Um, Which is it's ridiculous because X-Men is the best story, arguably, of all of these. Yeah, but that movie, like they, they neutered my, my strongest women and that movie's got some problems. Yeah. Puts it pretty low on the list. It, um, it does. Still better than Blade. 6.45. I mean, honestly, when I hit Blade, I was like, okay, I can't go any lower than this. It's not allowed. That puts it about 37.54. I mean, and I hate that, but they really did... They did the story dirty. They did. They... This would have been a good story if it fit in with the rest of them. Yep. If everybody, yep. if they'd used, if they'd used, uh, um, Patrick Stewart and, and Ian McKellen. Yeah. Either make it a part of the storyline or don't make it a part of the, the timeline. Like either it's a new set of movies or it's not a new set of movies. Don't, don't try and. Yeah. They, they, they have asked a reboot. Yeah, it was weird. It's and that the was, ages of everybody is is thing. Like unless unless they put this in the past and we just didn't know it. it. I mean, it was in the past. This was a sequel to the first class movies. That's what it was billed as. That's what I saw it as. Between the first class movies and the first set of movies. <sighs> But I mean, it was a half-assed attempt at that too, and the only time a half-assed reboot has ever worked—well, if it's when if Edward it, Norton was in it—if it was actually, if it was actually a sequel to the first class movies, then then Jennifer Lawrence can die, and that's okay. Except that she's in the first trilogy, which is still part of the timeline because they used both timelines. Yeah, that's in yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Travel movie. It is still it is still fucked. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. They did not though. I mean, they said 1992, but you know, honestly, if I'm being, 1992 is right now. <laughs> You know what I mean? That is modern. That's not in the past. I they did say what what year it was, and I'm an idiot because they did. They literally said it's 1992, like the year my dad ran for senate, um, and we campaigned 
for the Libertarian Party candidate for president the year before my dad died. That was a long motherfucking time ago. Yeah. But when you say 1990-something, that doesn't sound like the past to me. That's in my lifetime. That's not <laughs> time travel. Ugh. Oh, well, now I need to fucking rethink everything I said for no. the next week because... <sighs> Because he could still have that origin. No. No. I'll... No, because he... Yeah, he should be like 50-something in this movie. Well, uh, Magneto yeah. should be like 50 or 60. Yeah. It still, it still works that he is a Holocaust survivor for this movie. No, it doesn't, though. How old do you think he is, Michael Fassbender? Mutants age differently. That's not established. What's established is Wolverine ages differently. His power over magnetism allows him to reduce the wrinkles on his face. Bullshit. (laughs) No. Listen, just, just Xavier and the timelines confusion about when he's in a chair and when he's not, based on when he rescues Jean Grey and when he's... Uh, stopping the Bay of Pigs mm-hmm. uh, and the new Cuban Missile Crisis. None of it fucking works. None of it works. Okay. Okay. No. Well, it's, and then we don't need to write it all down on a timeline because somebody already did it and it yes. didn't work. And it didn't work for them either. Okay. I mean, I'm not one to volunteer for more work for no reason. Um, I want it. <laughs> I don't want it to suck, though. I don't want I, I don't, don't want it to have not worked. It didn't suck. It just wasn't good. That's the same thing. No. It's not the same thing. You want to watch a movie that sucks? Put on Howard the Duck. No. Put on Punisher Wars Up. That sucked. God. But didn't that only suck because it was just a cheap-ass movie to keep no. the rights? That No, that sucked because it was a bad script with bad acting and horrible graphics. Well, I mean, if you're going to do that, then Spider-Man also. Uh, Tobey Maguire. Was just an okay movie. Well. Just an okay movie. Yeah, until he did that weird goth dance thing at that bar, and then I cringed to death. You can (laughs) die of secondhand embarrassment. I did right then. God. God. Uh, I wanted to like it more. Yeah. This was the first real, like, holy shit, look at that chick go movie. Well, no, Captain Marvel was supposed to be that for us. She wasn't anywhere near as cool as Phoenix. No, but she's as powerful as, perhaps. Whatever. No, I'm not buying it. Okay. No. Okay, so quick question. Is that the last X Men movie or Because it's twenty we're in twenty nineteen now. Yes. So um, and I don't remember any new So that is the last X Men movie. Uh unless you count Deadpool. No. I do not count Deadpool. Because Deadpool is in that universe. That, but that's not an X-Men movie. Um, that is a Deadpool movie. Yeah. And it has some like, lesser known. Deadpool 3 is coming, and we'll have Wolverine, 
and is technically in that universe. But Deadpool 3 is also going to be touching on the MCU and is going to be straddling the Avengers Doctor Strange universe. They can't do that. Deadpool can because Deadpool breaks the fourth wall and the multiverse is my open. least favorite part of that whole thing. So this is what we should say is this is the end of Fox's solo X-Men universe. Okay. So, yes, it's the last X-Men movie. Yeah. Um, because just because you have an X-Man in your movie does not mean... It's an X-Men movie. Yeah, because I don't consider the new mutants an X-Men movie. Or an X-Men movie. All right. That's a completely different universe, too. Let's move on. What are we watching this week? We are going to catch up with Agent May and her intrepid gang of field agents. All right. Well, we need a pizza and some soda. Okay. And let's start watching. 13 episodes. We'll get them watched today. Season six. Yay. It's the last one though, right? No. No. I am. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting because they better bring Agent Coulson back or else. I don't think they will. How dare you? You hush. Okay. You haven't seen this. You don't know. I don't know. Ha ha. He's going to be back. We only know the first five minutes of the next episode doesn't have him back. But that's all we know. That's all we know? Because I couldn't fucking stand it. Okay, but that's how you know it's a good story when I'm like, okay, it's midnight, one more. Yes. And you had to talk me into only five minutes more. Yes. So, I'm off to order pizza. Okay. Um, you, start the, you start the VCR. <laughs> all right. And uh, watch it, don't watch it. Okay. No, no, no. We'll see you next week. On Marvel Movie Night.